Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station and at seattlesports.com. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine Electronics, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the venerable TheOutdoorLine.com with blogs, videos, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Morning, Joey Pyburn. Good morning, Tom. Matt Nelson running the board back there. Of course, Matt Nelson was Mike Salk's very special guest earlier in the week. When he got to uh, you know describe his his love of fishing, but you know his passion, his passion for fishing, yes. And uh, I, so uh, I, I'm glad you got that. He's on. in there tying leaders right now. <laughs> he's getting ready. He's going to come out to the beach today, although it's a hot summer day, and is it going to be kayaking? Is that is that what it's going to be That's for you? The plan. That's the plan. It's kayaks. Okay. He has one right. of those uh, Hobie <clears throat> fishing kayaks. Are you going to invite Mike Salk to uh, out, nope. out of the beach? No, you're not. All right. So so go check out Mike Mike Salk's show from from earlier in the week and. Uh, uh, that was like what, Thursday, Thursday morning. So I, I, I wasn't even aware that was going on because we met the whole crew down for our one day shrimp opener, right? Yes. So let me just say this about that. <laughs> Bob Buchanan is a master, the most dialed in. If, if you, if you can catch it with a pot, he's caught it. He's also knows the exact right bait for it and just. There's just kind of a strategy to it, you know, and 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 to to spend a day out there in him with him, and we had some salty dudes with us too. We had our we had our friends, you know, uh, Robbie Tobek jumped in the boat, and Chris Senyol. So you know, we we had we had five limits to get, and and uh, it, it was just prawn fishing in Puget Sound. I don't get to do it that often, right? I get maybe one crack at it a year, but it was it was so much fun, dude. Yeah, I loved the fact that you know we got out there early and we're kind of we're scouting. We're, we're looking for those, you know, this filthy shrimp down there on the bottom with our Ray Marine. And, you know, you, you things that people don't think about is your drift. Yes. Right? Yes. Which, which direction is the tide going? What's going on? How fast are you drifting? It, as you motor around, you go, oh, oh, look at all those shrimp down there. They're at 275, between 275 and 290. Boop. You drop a waypoint on that. We put the little shrimpy emblem on your <laughs> Raymarine, which is cool. It's a label perfect it. little shrimpy, yeah. shrimpy logo, yeah, shrimpy and then, uh, icon. And then uh, you kind of got to think about, well, okay, are you going to go right up to your waypoint and drop your pot? Well, how fast are you drifting? How fast is that pot going to drift? So we would go up above our waypoint, set up. I'd put the boat in a spot, and I'd, I would take – Take note of how long it took us to drift to our spot, yep. and that kind of, and that's Bob. The Bob, yeah, you know, 100%. most people wouldn't think about that stuff, yeah. and, and Bob is thinking about all of it. And but the the cool thing is too is is obviously the attention to detail, and and his shrimping starts a couple days before he grinds all those pellets so he can get the consistency. And it was funny because we saw other guys out there that didn't grind their pellets, yeah, and so those pellets. You're, you have such a short window to fish. You have to have a fast fishing bait and a fast fishing pot. And fast fishing bait means that stuff's got to get out of that get out of that canister. And if it's too thick, if it's those pellets, yeah, good, you're going to get a pellet through one of those. 
Well, and we heard no. a we 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 would like go up and and kind of snoop. Yeah. When people were pulling their pots, yeah. and <laughs> to, um to and not sh- everybody is no. super excited <laughs> about that, but but so we we go up and we're snooping, you know, and and uh, they pull their pot up and uh, they had they had some shrimp in there, and yeah. then, and then they were they were further north of us, right? And then pretty soon they They'd, came down and they were near us, right? And we were we did our first pull and we did very well. Yeah. Um, then we watched them do their second pull, and he said, "Oh, the shrimpin's better up there." Well, we knew he didn't do really well up there. Yeah. But then we watched him dump his bait container, mm-hmm. and here came all these little pellets out right. of there. Right. Those things just were not. You got to get those things broke down. Got, absolutely. Before you're shrimping. And and that same. So the the reason we're belaboring this is because on Friday, what do we get to do? Friday's July 1st. Crabs. You get a crab. Crabby fishing. And the same one-two punch. So um, Bob also had some salmon scraps. They've been they've been tearing them up. Very quietly, the Chinook fishing in Marine Area 13 has been smoking. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's been really good. Really good. And, and, and we're going to get to the coast. Today's the walk opener. We've got, this, this is, you, I, we love doing the show this time of year. Yeah. Because, dude, there's so much stuff going on. From Springers on the Nooksack and Sockeye on the Skagit and Chinook on the Skycomish. And, you know, we get... It's not just dude, ducks and squid fishing. It's not just ducks and squid all winter long. Mm-hmm. But but the reason is that that same concept, we, we, we actually had a, a salmon head in each one of our shrimp pots and a little bit of backbone, and it blew me away how much those little shrimp got in there. And they're, they're just they like just a, go to work. little freaking piranhas, man. That's and, their and, job. And, and we didn't soak one of those pots for an hour. I think I'm no. pulling them away for 45 minutes. But that same one-two punch of a hanging bait and a broadcast bait, and... Here's here's how fundamentally flawed we are as human beings. We're taking pictures of, of of the Raymarine, and we're excited that we can put them in our PowerPoint presentations and show them to people. <laughs> right? I mean, we did that seminar at Harbor. It's just cool and it was, stuff. And it was in the I boat mean, show. And we all, all get excited stuff. when yeah. Tom. We we see all these shrimp on the Raymarine, and yeah. and we motor up, and then we drop, and we're watching. You can just watch the pot drop. Yeah. Oh oh look look, look it landed right <laughs> on top of him. <laughs> That's Somebody get too. a picture of that for yeah. the PowerPoint. Yeah, bingo. And and but that's why you know that it, the ability to teach people that stuff is is so freaking cool. Yeah. You know. Well, this is just yeah, it's it a, is, such a fun time of year. It so is. much. Stuff it's a to gas. Do. And and the other thing is too is is you know when we're dropping our crab gear this coming Friday, you know it's that attention to detail that's going to help you out in that fishery too. Look at your pot as it drops down. I mean, you would not put a piece of salmon gear overboard without looking at its action, double checking it. Same with pots, man. And I've done it. I left the door of a pot, mm-hmm. you know, so unlatched. Well. It just it happens because you got so much to do, which is why you need to do things in advance. Which which is why on the afternoon of the thirtieth, you and I are probably going to be humping pots down to the boat, right, and and breaking up all our gear, and we'll have all our bait bagged up. So all we got to do is is ready to go. And that's what Bob did. He brings down these buckets with screw-on lids, big five-gallon buckets with, that, with a pre-mixed bait. It's all ready to go, and he's got he's got a spoon that you know, big old kitchen spoon that ladles it in there. And it's we're we'll, we're going to blog this up. And yeah, and well, we we and, got we got great pictures and and a couple shots of video, and you'll be seeing that on social. And media. the boat we set the boat up okay. for it to okay. murder that, that shrimp that burnt, because yeah, we, we have we have our our Rudnick manufacturing big bait table big on bait, the back. Yeah. That's a rigging table. That's the rigging table. Then we have this awesome Bernouin table that it's fits right into it's, our Bernouin mounts for our downriggers. And yeah, it's 48 inches. And we can move that thing, put it on the the you know, the port back yeah. or forward. But we have our 
crab coiler forward yeah. that Robbie Tobeck manned all day. So we have the coiler. The cranky, then, the cranky cougar was cranking, <laughs> cranking the coiler. And then on the back port side, there's Bob's Bernoin yeah. table where he ran his bait station. Yep. And then we have the whole rigging table for whatever else right. we need to do. It was, I loved the way the boat was set up. It was yeah, cool. It was, and then, of course, the fish box in the back. We had a piece of PVC pipe tube, so so it was full full of water, right? And the, which is important because all the shrimp got a poop. All right, enough enough shrimp talk. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're we're fired up about our, our our salmon season as well, but our salmon season really started yesterday for you and I. Kind of, yeah, yes. Well, I did. It, our Puget Sound salmon yes. season started. Yes, yesterday, that, that's so. what I mean. Puget Sound, and and you know, it's it's. I'm telling you what, I'm excited about this this season. You know, you already got fish. You got you got fish in the in the Skykomish. There's there's fish at Tulalip. There's fish in Area Nine. Guys are fishing uh, the Marine Area Ten, and, and we're gonna have Nikki Kester on. He's our first guest today. Nikki from All Star Charters, a Puget Sound pirate, just a great doggone guy. I mean, runs a runs a uh, big uh, Yamaha powered Duckworth, and so he's he's jumping on, and uh, he's on those resident cohos like crazy, and encountering Chinook as well. Yep. And and not just not just little Chinook. I mean, there's are adults coming in. Last Saturday we had the Nia Bay opener, which was, I mean, it sounded like it was just insane. In yeah. fact, it resulted so, in the the yeah, limit yeah. being dropped and, down to one. And we're gonna get we're gonna circle back on that because we that that's kind of what we're gonna talk about next segment. So stay tuned for that. Now, and obviously, Owaco opens up. We got friends down there. We expect our phones to start blowing up here any mm-hmm. minute because our our friends are have rapier sharp wit and fillet knives they like sticking in us when we're in the studio yeah yeah in fact john kaiser said well i'm gonna give you a report and you guys be hatching your chairs in the studio it's like which hurts because you know i mean we definitely would love to be out there right now so but that's okay we'll get we're getting we get ours but here comes the weather dude just in time summer turns this is our first show of summer and and just a just a suite of opportunities that, that we got but here's the deal you have to get to these opportunities and so part of the preparation for being out there is making sure that your boat trailer, your utility trailer, your travel trailer, all that stuff has rubber under it, right? So look, this you got one more week for 4th of July. So actually Blake Rothrock of, of, of Les Schwab in, in Renton is going to jump on the show too. There's a couple things you need to think about because I have been prevented by getting to the fish by being on being on the side of the road. Well, Blake's going to jump on and tell us how to keep your boat trailer on the road rather than on the side of it. Very nice. And then, of course, Bob Buchanan, Bomac Tackle himself, is going to jump in, and, uh, and, and we're going to go through some crabbing fundamentals. Hey, look, it, I, I haven't crabbed now. None of us have since it closed on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. right? And did we freeze our fingers and go out that last opener? We we, we did in we de- did. in December, but not, not you know, just about – not when it snowed, but you know, we were we were about crabbed out at that point. Well, our wives were yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yep. So you know, and so none of us are crabbed in seven months. And if you don't think that is a perishable skill, just like fishing, right? You know, and and that's why we're so fortunate. We got you know we got to get up to Sitka and grind gear, reteach ourselves how to spin baits. You know, then I got to Peregrine Lodge and fishing with Neil Holmes, and again, that was the postgraduate you know bait spinning class. And and we're gonna get into you know our, our the fish we caught yesterday and how big of a role rolling bait yeah. had in in that too. So bait, that's something. Bait, bait. So, yeah, I mean they do. You know, we're fishing around a guys a lot of guys yesterday that were mostly 
Gear. Gear. Gear, 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 spoon, we'll, gear, so gear. We'll get spoon. into that. We'll but... get, yeah, that's, so stay tuned for that. And, and and also, we want us to text you up today. So make sure you jump on that jump on that text toy for sure. That's uh, 206-421-3776, powered by legendary Yamaha Reliability. 866-979-3776. Uh, that is the Reverse Shine Hotline by Tri Wellcraft Duckworth Northwest Boat. Yeah, and chip us up. So listen, i got to ask something of our listeners. We are going to run um, the Dog Derby, which is a University of Washington football program um, enhancement deal. That, you know, NIL is, is a fact of life now with regard, to, uh, with regard to college athletics, and that's name, image, and likeness. And so uh, in conjunction with the Sam Heward Foundation, we're going to try to help these kids out. I mean, if scholarship athletes at the University of Washington have a stipend, okay? But, dude, it barely, it, it barely covers food, okay? Mm-hmm. So we're trying to help these kids out, and also it's going to make the program more competitive. So I'm asking everybody with a boat out there, you don't it's it's get a hold of us, okay? You can you can contact us on yeah, on, on social on social media. The we'll on, get, I'll on, get right on, back to you. Yeah, on the Outdoor Lines Facebook page, or or you can just text me Tom at the Outdoor Line and uh, Tom at the Outdoor Line dot com, and 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 let's get you hooked up because here's the thing. So we're 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 asking for twenty boats, okay? We're gonna we, Joey and I are gonna provide three prizes that are gonna be random. One of them is gonna be a brand new Canon Optimum downrigger with a Deathbinder display and a transducer to make it friggin' completely work. All right, that's that's a that's a it, it makes a difference in how you fish. I promise you. The second thing we're giving away is we want you to come fishing with us on the on the Sea Beast, okay? And because when you get on somebody else's boat, you learn a ton, right? It's it's. When I get on somebody else's boat, I always pick up a trick. And it's that tacit knowledge thing that we always struggle with because it's that the stuff that you know that you just you think everybody else knows, but maybe they don't, right? Yeah. That's why I love fishing on so many guys' yeah. boats. I it, just learn I do you learn so a much truck stuff. Load. So random prize number one for jumping in and running your boat in the dog derby. And it's not gonna cost you anything because we have we have eighteen entrants, but we need to get them right we need to get rides. And, and so you're gonna get a you get a kid or two from the University of Washington. And some of the folks that have that have chartered boat, you're going to get swag, okay? You're you're going to get a you're going to get an event T-shirt, lunch provided on your boat, everything like that. But also prize number one is at random the Canon Optimum, we're, or we're going to take you fishing on the Duckworth Sea Beast. And prize number three is we're we're going to get on your boat and bring a bunch of gear and rig a bunch of stuff up for you and make sure your you know your boat's running right. That's that's win place and show. We're going to put this out on. Uh, uh, on social media, and again, it's random. Anybody that jumps in and provides their boat for this for this event, it's July sixteenth out of the Port of Everett. It's going to be one of the funnest things you can do this summer. It's kind of it's kind of salmon for soldiers for the for the kids, right? So we're asking for for boats volunteer, and uh, you know it's going to be a kick. So it's going to be fun, yeah. and and I think it could end up leading to if we do this right, we could end up doing like a a dog derby, and then Tobek and his crew, and then we'll have a little Apple Cup fishing. So. I, battle. So Tobek and I kind of been talking about this, right? And he's they're actually coming over tonight. We're gonna we're gonna go fishing tonight. So Sonia and Kathy and, and the whole the whole crew. And that's what it's this is leading up to. So we need this is pregame for next year's salmon apple cup. Okay. Because <laughs> the Cougs are gonna do this thing too. Uh, and the thing of it is, 
it's going to be it's going to be a home game for all the Huskies every year on Puget Sound because they don't have Puget Sound back in Pullman, right? No. We're not going to go fish some Pullman puddle, okay? It's going to be the University of Washington, and, and so anyway, uh, so anyway, Tom at theoutdoorline.com or get a hold of us on uh, on on Facebook on on the Outdoor Lines Facebook page, and uh, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna have fun with this dog. Yeah, come everybody. join but, us. But, it's but be a, we it's need be a hoot. we need a few more boats for these for these for this event. So all right, we're gonna pop out of here for a quick break. Iwako opens up today. What happened at Nia Bay? What happened at La Push? And what is going to happen next Saturday at Westport? All that, some regional rundown right here in the outdoor line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, the Seattle Sports app. Joey Pyburn, Matt Nelson, running the running the board. I'm Tom Nelson. Thanks for tuning in, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks also for the amazing, amazing response to the James G. Murphy online auction of that amazing 800 firearm collection. All kinds of just classic firearms, dude. I mean, you're going to see a lot of wood stocks and a lot of old school uh, optics, but just a pile of revolvers, semis, the whole bit. Kind of a fun experience oh, going it is. on, and I've never. I've never done an online auction like that, and Callie and I have been enjoying sitting down in the evening. And oh, just, yeah. You know, she she got excited and started bidding on some guns, and, and uh, it's just cool. In, including it, it, that pearly grip sissy pistol? Sissy pistol. It's a sissy yeah. pistol. Um, sorry, Callie, if you're listening. She's not listening. Right? No, no, she's no, not. That's good. That's good. <laughs> she's she's that's, sleeping. We, we can say anything we want about our wives. You know? <laughs> My wife is not sleeping. Well, good morning, Kathy. Hey, uh, but go check it out, jgmurphy.com. Also, if you want to see these farms, they're all going to be on display at the Kenmore location. This Monday and Tuesday. For more information, log on to murphyauction.com. So uh, the Coastal Opener, dude, it was everything that I had hoped it would be. Dude. Well, when Dave Johnson says he's never seen yes. that many Chinook yes. on an opener, and we know Dave, I mean, lives out there. So uh, all the reports I got from all my fishy buddies they were just like, "Whoa, man, this let's, is a, this is amazing, let's amazing fish." Let's just put this in in perspective. In a Puget Sound salmon fishery, one fish for every ten anglers is considered fair. Yeah. Okay. I don't think you know one for five on the opener, maybe. Okay. Dude, the average was a fish an angler on the opener at Nia Bay. I mean, it doesn't. Get better than that. No, it just I, I checked in with Mikey Lawrence at Big Salmon Resort out there in yeah. Bay yesterday, and I just asked him like, "Hey, what's what's the program? What are you getting them on?" He said, "It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter." And he said, "Quite honestly, guys have kind of gone away from bait right. because there's so many yeah. fish. When you're running bait, you yep. have to be tuned in and you got to be watching. You get a something whacks it. Now you're not spending. You're not fishing. So at this point, if I was going out there, I would be spooned up yep. or hoochied up." Yep. And yep. it just sounds like well, you and and it's you can you can turn and burn that gear like yep. you say because there there is here's it's fish and bait like you just pointed out is a double edged sword. We depend on it. I I I'm 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 so confident at this point in the season, dude. A, 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 after fishing Sitka for thirty five days straight, another friggin' four day stretch in the Queen Charlotte's. If you can't roll a bait after forty days of that, you should take up crochet, right? Because you you know you're never going to get it. But so. You have to know how to roll it right. You have to watch it, right? And you have to take the time of rigging it. Mm-hmm. If you're getting bit repeatedly, 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 either by sublegals or other species or this and that, it's very, very difficult at that point to compete with the mechanical efficiency of gear, 
and you just mentioned it, spoon, hoochie behind a flasher or a straight plug. Yep. And we'll get into that too, because we got a dogfish yesterday. I don't remember catching a lot of dogfish in June. I'm already hearing them. They're, they're getting them down in area 10. So dogfish. So it's probably going to be a right. bad one. Yeah, it year. could be. It could be. And so the dogfish, AKA squalus acanthius, the notorious Puget Sound spiny ray dogfish shark, right? And they, they will sniff out your bait. Okay. And they will nail it. In fact, there's been times where I'm scraping the bottom with a plug for Chinook at possession, and every now and then you'll see your rod tip kind of go, right, and you got a, you got a flounder on there. Before you can pull the flounder up through the water column, you get a big chomp, and now you're reeling up half a flounder. Yeah. Why? Yeah, there's dogfish. So, so you, the reason to use gear is small fish avoidance to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to catch less, but you're not going to eliminate dogfish, right? Okay, and you know, especially with plugs, they plugs kind of catch bigger fish too. So, it but but again, like yep. yeah. To, so there's great reason to fish gear though. Stay away from dogfish and and bigger bigger gears. In our summer, we we always start out fishing bait. Yeah, and then at some point, either the dogfish come or the fishing is, you know, it's pretty good. And and then, like you said, if the fishing's that good, I prefer to just fish gear yeah. because I know. Yep. I can see it get whacked. Yep. And oh, he's he's gone. But you guess know, what? I don't have to bring my gear up. I can just it's fishing. Right. So it takes the time to rig it. You got to watch bait more closely. Mm-hmm. And you you you're, you're it's you're right. It's fragile. It's fragile. Yeah. That's the one detriment to bait. You can get that whack and you're done. You got to you got to roll it back up. But guess right? what? When the fishing is tough, maybe yes. uh-huh. or the fit. You know, there could be a lot of fish around and they're just not tuned in to biting yeah. a, a spoon or a hoochie or a plug, right. they want bait because yeah. what they're tuned into is great big balls of herring. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we saw tons of herring tons yesterday. Of I, I mean, again, after, after spending the time I did up and down the coast to see that much bait in Puget Sound, it, it was it was stunning. But yeah, so it, it definitely behooves you to, to obtain the technical proficiency of learning how to roll a bait, learning, keeping them watching that rod and just having the discipline to bring that, check and that gear frequently. And it's not that difficult. What it's you're not. doing on the boat is way more difficult than what I'm doing. I am cramming a small green label herring yep, in a head. into a anchovy special head. Yep, yep. You just got to push his little face in there pretty hard. But, <laughs> and, pin um, and then pin him. But it's hook placement and you want and that hook bolt. Hook placement and you got to have spin. the right spin. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's what we did yesterday. You're... Right. Your whole Sitka tie herring naked back there, elevated was, uh, it it looked so good and, and it, it it hooked two of the biggest fish we've seen in in a bit. Yeah, those are Puget Sound. Those are some chunkers. Yeah, and and, and one and, of them we I I farmed one. Dude, it's not your fault. I, but I mean, we did get that, one. Of, Connor it, Martinez was on board and he did the he did legit, the job and legit and landed he did, that fish. Legit twenty pounder, and the other one. The other one rolled and fought and, and did a whole bunch of stuff and it eventually spit the hook. But it was, you know, that's that's you know, that's part of the deal. It's yeah. absolutely part of the deal. But also the absolute joy of fishing and catching a Chinook without a flasher, just a look just a swivel and a pair of hooks down there. Mm-hmm. You feel you feel him think. Yeah. You do. And and that that's another case for the top shot of fifty pound mono and the spool of braid, which our next guest, Nikki Kester, talked me into. Right. And, mm-hmm. and before Nikki and I started talking about that, I really didn't do it. But you, cause you feel you get, you get to have your cake and eat it too. You get that long length of line that has no stretch, but that big 50 pound top shot 
fits into standard release clips like glue. In fact, the, the biggest fish we got yesterday didn't pull it out of the clip, which is also cool because you get to set the hook. You get to yeah. pop it out of the release and pop him one, so that never hurts. Nikki Kester, the all-star charters pirate of Puget Sound, going to give us the Area 10 rundown next here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI Shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Uh, one of the coolest things that, about doing the show is we get to meet and hang out with and learn with some of the best of the best locally, and and our next guest absolutely fits that description. Log on to allstarfishing.com. That's the website of our next guest. None other than Nick Kester, the Pirate of Puget Sound. What's up, Nicky? How morning. are you? Morning, Nick. Hey, good morning, guys. Look at this. It's actually summer outside. <laughs> summer. First, first show of summer. And our, and our first real salmon season of summer is the the Marine Area 10 uh, resident coho program. And uh, what have you been seeing out there in uh, Central Puget Sound, Nikki? Oh, man, it has been good. Um, lots of fish around. It's a little bit different. The fish are in a few different places, but that's because the bait's in a few different places. Um, but other than that, it's, it's lights out. It's go time. We were done yesterday with eight of them early. Um, a couple days before that, we had 12 of them done early. I think that was day Joey was out there playing with them, and it's it's as good as it can get. It's Wait, one of the Joey, eating fish in Puget Sound. Joey was on somebody else's boat. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, Joey was on. Joey you know, was tuning up some Raymarines. He, he's the worst boat Joe on the sound, dude. He will jump on anybody's boat. He's ruthless. It's just terrible. So, <clears throat> okay, enough of that. Um, so, run us through the program, Nick. I, sometimes these things are, fl- you know, full size flasher board short leader, hoochie, sometimes they're on the spoons. Some guys like to run bait. What have you been doing to get these things in the boat? So, as almost everybody knows, if you listen to the show, I am a spoon junkie. So, I've been running spoons. Um, and I started the season off with four flashers, four different spoons, four different color boards, and four different lengths of leaders. And we have fine-tuned it down to a 24 or a 34-inch leader, on a white or a green board is then the go-to with a, we started with the two inch, um, Kingfisher lights, but we're now up to the three inch, which is an oddball size that you got to kind of hunt for Mm. a little bit. And that's telling me that they're getting ready to do this transfer from krill to herring. And once that transfer gets done, this fishery explodes when it comes to spoons. And what depth there. what depth are you finding these fish at right now? Um, everything from I'm start the morning off at like thirty to the surface. You know, and I run four riggers and everybody looks at me like, How do you manage that? And that's a whole nother story we can get to someday. But um but yeah, thirty, forty and up to the surface. I'll actually take my one rigger that I run in the prop wash, and I use it more or less like a surface line, and I'll drop it down to just the clip is maybe three feet under the water. Yeah, and then, I mean, Coho are notorious for liking to be in that prop wash, and and we we actually got one on the top rod just on a a little banana sinker that day. Now, that was my first time uh, since I was a kid going out there. I've, I've never done the Area 10 Coho fishery. Man, I thought... 
I thought I was going out there to catch like these little 16 inch, you know, dinkers. They were, those were, they're nice size, right? Am I wrong? Are they not bigger this season than they were last year? They're, yeah, very much so. I'm yeah. already picking fish up in the four or five pound zone yeah. on these guys. And for this time of year, what more do you want to do is pull out a shoal show and drive a grand total of a mile and a half or three miles to Jeff Head, save on fuel, and go catch some fish. And that's the charm of Puget yeah. Sound, dude. It's why it's why Puget Sound will always be the cradle of sport fishing. And I know there's coastal guys out there that are spitting their coffee at their dashboards right now. But but listen, man, the, the people fell in love with salmon because salmon inhabit all the rivers around here and Puget Sound. Of all the species of fish on the entire planet, only 1% can exist in fresh and salt water, and salmon are one of these things. But the ability right. to sleep in your own bed and get up in the morning and go out in Puget Sound and take friends and family and your kids and you know, anybody else. That's why Puget Sound will always be the cradle of sport fishing in, in this state is just because you got short little runs, you don't have an ocean swell to deal with, and you got everything else. And that's why Puget Sound will always be worth fighting for. And and I'm excited, Nikki, because I really feel that we have a fairly healthy body of water out there with regard to krill populations and with regard to, to herring right now. I mean, what do you what are you seeing out there? And and most importantly, Nikki Describe what you see on your fish finder when you got when you have krill underneath the boat. What's it look like? It looks like about a 150-foot block of just you, you just look that color. Some people go, why is that bottom so high? Yeah. But you got to have your sense up. It's just on mine. I run all our ants equipment. So you have this, you know, the density of red or blue. And that's the krill line, and you can see the bottom. And right it's, now, you're looking at some places almost 200 foot of krill down there. And and so it's and a it's a cloud down there. But some people it's a get giant cloud down there. bingo. It's a giant cloud. But some people get confused because the top of it can be so flat, and 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 the yeah. the flatness is because you you've heard the term thermocline, right? And and that's a temperature contrast in Puget Sound. But in Puget Sound, we also have a halocline, which is a salinity contrast. And, and, and whereas in the Great Lakes, people target and fish the thermocline, but in Puget Sound, you see this halocline, this, this, this really hard edge to the salinity in Puget Sound that will allow the krill to come up, but they don't really want to come up above that because they're feeding on plankton that are in that halocline layer as well. So when you see a, a kind of a flat top cloud underneath the boat and it's, it's not heavy enough, it's not a hard enough return target to be a fish, and there's just too much of it. It's dude. That's krill. That's krill. It's a big cloud of krill, and krill are, are euphosid shrimp. They're really, really small, and they are absolutely the backbone of of, of the fishery here in Puget Sound. Because anchovies eat them, herring eat them, pilchers eat them, everything eats it, right? Yeah, Including the, the food web. Yeah, they are, uh, and and salmon eat them directly too. And and um, you know, oh yeah, they do. Yeah, absolutely. They're, oh yeah, I've yeah. I've, I've caught a twenty pound chinook, and you open them up, and they're plugged with krill. Well, and we caught fish last year, Nikki. We caught chinook that were so full of krill, the krill oil was running out their vent before we could even clean them. And, and that last oh, yeah. year, it, it, so, it's, so it, it, it's important to recognize it, Nick, because you can target areas that have it. Right, for sure. And, and the, one, the one question I get, because I do do some tech work, 
on on units is guys go, how do I get rid of this cloud down here? What's going on here? Because the krill will not be co- connected to the bottom, right? Either it'll be no midwater it'll be suspended. Yep. Yeah, it'll be midwater column, and I get guys that go, how do I get rid of this? There's something wrong with my unit? How do I get rid of this? I go, that's what you want to see. That's the krill line down there, and that's where you want to be fishing above it or below it or whatever. But pay attention, turn your unit up enough. So you can see the density in the krill, and you can, and you'll start seeing the other animals in the krill. And that's always something that that we've struggled with too, is teaching folks with fish finders with marine electronics display interpretation, right? And that's why you know. So exactly. jo- Joey and I did a demo last Saturday. We were right after the show went down to went down to Alabama Marina and jumped on this boat with this this wonderful couple that just picked up a thirty duck, and and we're showing them their electronics. And how do you start with somebody? that has a brand new boat and get them to focus on their electronics first, right? What I did was we turned on the radar and showed them radar first. And look, here's what the, here's what that boat looks like on the display. And then look, there's the boat right there, okay? Radar and sonar are, are similar echo ranging technologies, right? I can take away, yeah, I can get, I can, water, one below. bingo. I can get somebody out of the fog and show them the target but you can't take the water away and show them the fish, and, right? And so many times I've been on boats with other folks and they're like, I don't, they don't trust their electronics. Dude. But a lot of that is they don't know how to dial them in and set them up properly. So they, they, they never really trust their electronics. They don't. They don't. And, and one thing that you have, Nick, and Tom and I have is complete trust in what we're seeing on the electronics because we've, We've obviously done it right. a lot, and we know the electronics. So I and I call it the I call it faith, right? Yeah, you got to have faith in that sonar. Yeah. And here's where here the genesis of my faith was way back in the '80s. I was a fishery student at University of Washington, and I got to do sonar surveys and whatnot. But I got to stay and fish a herring opener in, in Togiak, right? The, the herring seine fisheries. You hear the you know the Kazunoko. Yeah. It's all going back to Japan. So I was the sonar operator on the boat. And we also had a herring spotter pilot. So I was looking at these scanning sonar rays and spotting herring and Danny, our, Danny Dorman, our, our pilot, and I were talking directly. And then, of course, we'd have a beer at the end of the day, right? But, but so I talked to him directly. All right, Danny, what's that off my starboard bow? He goes, Nelly, that's a big, big school of herring, right? Okay. So it was then when I had somebody confirming my on-screen observations visually and from above, dude. And you start talking about it and you work with it. But unless you have an experience like that, how do you get the faith? Mm-hmm. How? How? You got it's through experience, Nikki. And and you know, your years of looking at that sonar helps you get on the fish and stay on the fish, Nick Kester. Yeah, I mean that's that's your eyes in the sky, but it's on the back of your boat. Yeah. Bingo. Well put. And you know, and the more you play with it, the more you work with it, the the better you're gonna get with it. And I can say right now of all the years of playing with it and helping people. The number one thing that most people don't do to their sonar is turn their gain up high enough. Yep. They want a nice, pretty clean picture. If you look at my screen, there's there's chatter all over that picture because I want to be enough power to see everything that's down there. I don't care about clean. I want to see what's there. Yeah, no doubt. And turn it up and go from there. But let's get back to fishing, man. How's that? We got we just went on a, a sonar rant. So these fish have been hanging from 40s, 40s to the surface. Um, you need to be moving a little bit quick on them. When I say quick, don't be scared to be doing three and a half, four miles an hour on these guys. 
when you're trolling for them. They're super aggressive. They're coming. They're coming alive. And don't be scared. Also, a lot of guys get stuck on this structure bottom contour out there. Um, some days we're out in 600 foot of water fishing, 40 foot down. They're up there, up top. What are they feeding on? And it's lights out in that deep water. And the other thing is, once you hit a fish, pay attention to your screen and be able to turn right back around on those guys. They're coho, and they're all schooled up. And um, you, we finished off yesterday with a triple. That's awesome. But but you also mentioned to me when we were talking to set up this interview, Nikki, about the direction people are trolling. So some people are talking, they're thinking with the current or against the current, you got a third option. Well, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in this third op- option for Coho, at least until you find where they're at. I go sideways in the current as much as I can. Um, I've never, fish always face into the current traditionally or swim in that aspect so if you're hunting fish and you're looking for these guys go cross current because you're covering more more potential fish that are facing in the current or schooled up and then once you find them then you can concentrate on but zigzag cross current on these guys and you will definitely find more fish well and that was the tip you gave that was the tip you gave me that morning uh, because i i I was like, well, we're going to go, we're going to run, and then we're going to yeah, go with go it. go with the flow. Nick was like, no, no, don't do that. Go cross, cross current. And we spun around, started running cross current, and then, yeah, we found them. And then once you find them, spin. Yeah. Get, try to get yeah, back on, on them right away. Sure. Absolutely. He's Nick Kester, All-Star Charters. Go check it out, allstarfishing.com. Nicky, we'll see you on the water, buddy, and thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, Nick. Hey, no problem, no problem. I'll see you guys soon enough, for sure. <laughs> Later, buddy. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. All right, coming up next, Ray Marine Picks of the Week for the first weekend of summer right here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. Log on to raymarine.com and find the latest and greatest in multifunction navigational displays. Including just some cutting edge sonar, man. I mean, we we talked sonar, sonar, sonar last segment, but I, the 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 high chirp is just like it was made for Puget Sound and the depths we fish and the stuff we need to see. What we're seeing on the Skagit in particular is a building sockeye run, and judging by Joey Pyburn of Gray's Baits Bait Sales, people are snapping up coon shrimp and putting it behind a pink wing bobber and a pink hoochie. Coon shrimp and and quite a few sand shrimp. Yeah, okay. um, we're back on the water uh, producing those uh, creepy little <laughs> sand shrimp. All the shrimp are just creepy to me now. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm allergic, I I really have an issue with them. But right. um, yeah, I talked to Kevin John up at Holiday Sports last night, and man, it seems like that. Well, our water conditions are right. You kind of want this high water. Yes. Yes. Those sockeye will be right in on the shoreline in two to six feet of water. So. If you're plunking from the bank, you don't want to be casting way out there. You want to be in pretty tight. Uh, the water's got a little color to it. So Which is perfect. It's perfect. Um, that, that's where the bait comes into play. Right. You need that bait on there so they can smell smell your stuff. But then they're running pink or green uh, spin and glows. Or what they have, what, what some guys are using is the flash and spins. Yes. And run dark wings. Because that those dark wings are going to show up better in that dirty water. Contrast okay? for sure. Uh, and then so got, some you, some guys are putting it's a double hook setup. Yep, size two hooks, just like you'd tie up a, a double hook setup. Um, little tiny two hooks, and some guys are running a little pink hoochie on top of that, which kind of 
goes over your sand shrimp pro- or your coon shrimp. And so it protects it. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of that hoochie stuff over over your bait. And, of course, you know, we do it all year long, halibut fishing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you, can, you know, we do it salmon fishing with a, with a herring strip. It's, all, it's the same deal. But think about that rig and think about how ingenious that is. You've got a pretty big profile, right? So you got you got sight. You have that thing spinning, and so you got sound. And, and obviously then you got that coon shrimp, so you got scent. So, dude, you are you are checking every box with that little sockeye rig, and they're so much fun. But again, the first perceptible little bit of current that you see out there, you're going to find sockeyes down in the bank, okay? And they're yummy, dude. And 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 my and my friend Nick Stormont up in Lyman, man, he's been hammering on them, and they cut red like a stop sign, well, dude. And and so there's already a hundred of them in the lake. Um, I looked on WDFW's webpage, there's, and, and there's there's a few hundred in Lake Washington now too. So I'm not. I don't, I don't well, and what we're we've seen on the Columbia, yeah. I mean they're yeah they're blowing over over the Bonneville Dam right so, now. So so this is a good time now to transition to a little Columbia River talk here because today you're going to talk about picks of the week. Marine Area One, the big one, opens yes. up today. El Waco, baby. And so now we have we the 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 Chinook over Bonneville to date. Hundred ninety thousand. The ten year average is is one sixty two. All right, so we're thirty thirty thousand Chinook over there. One of the really cool aspects to this as well is if you look at the jacks right now, which are sexually precocious males that precede their cohort of fully grown adults by a year or two, which is indicative of what we're going to see the next couple of years. That's running five to six thousand over the ten year average as well at twenty six thousand to twenty thousand. Um, but now we're looking at the sockeyes over over Bonneville, dude. One hundred and thirty nine thousand, almost one hundred and forty thousand sockeyes. Yeah, we're we're pushing on that thirty thousand a day. Yeah, over clicking, clicking thirty grand a day over the dam. Twenty seven three was the last well, last one they posted, at, and that was the twenty third. So what was that? That was Thursday, mm-hmm. right? Twenty seven thousand sockeyes over so over Bonneville, cool, man. And so I, the ten year average on that fishery is not a hundred and. 120,000, right? So we got almost done. So you're, so we're exceeding the sockeye forecast. Sockeye run is exceeding the 10 year average by 20,000. And that, I really think that's going to get blown out of the water too. So now you look at what, what, what we're looking at in, in Owaco. Okay. You've got a body of Chinook that is that arguably from the Columbia river North, we're hearing great things on the West coast of Vancouver Island. We're seeing special stuff right now in the queen Charlotte's um, but now on, you know, in the Nia Bay opener, Dave Johnson says he's never, he hadn't seen anything like that in his life. You have a, you have a, a, a they caught so many Chinook, they took 12% of the quota in two days. Okay. So they had no choice, but to whack that limit back to one Chinook. Okay. But two salmon, you can have any Chinook, but you have, to, but your, your, your fin clip restriction exists for coho. So you can have one fin clip coho. So you still can get two salmon. Only one of which is a Chinook. Why did we not just start out with a one fish limit? And then well, we, we can always, if, if there's a right. bunch of fish left, we you're can right. always go and that's to a, great, a two fish limit. That, Why start out at two when we've talked about this before? Opportunity is what we want. Yeah, we want time on the water. Time on the water. Time on the water. Time on the water. Yeah. We never, uh, look, what if, what if they would have let it go another week and now we're at 25 or 30% right. of the quota? Now we're in, now we're in deep, trouble. Deep doo-doo. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, and you know, well, so we'll so we'll see. That's a great point, and and probably something that you know we'll have to talk about it next year. North Falcon, along with a whole lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to talk about that right now, man. But uh, but anyway, yeah, it's 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 so what's going on on the coast is special. Get out there. 
the challenge with getting to the coast is, well, getting to the coast, right? You got to have your stuff in tip top condition. And you, you may think that this next segment you're going to be doing, oh, you're going to, you know, I don't need to listen to it. Dude, if you don't have your trailer, your boat trailer set up, right? If you don't, and, and dude, I had a driveway flat this, this week. Kathy's, we, Kathy and I jump in the rig and get, get to the gym, and one of her tires is flat, man. And okay, she got forty, forty five thousand. So you know, so now she's got some some Les Schwab open range tires on her rig. If you don't take similar care of your boat trailer, you have this vacation time set up, and you're heading to the coast, and you get a flat. So instead of being on the road, you're on the side of the road, mm-hmm. and you're wasting and we see time it every we see it. summer. And it happened to us. Yep. Which is why I'm running Les Schwab tires on my trailer. Blake Rothrock of Les Schwab is going to talk to us about some other ways to spare your time and not spend it on the road. The Northwest Outdoor Port, um, the Duckworth Wellcraft Wheelhouse, Bob Buchanan, he is the shrimp and crabbing and jigging master. Joining us next, Roy Robinson's really wearing a whole pile of mall. Stay tuned for a jam-packed hour or two right here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app.